Hey, this is Jim, and on today's show, I'm going to introduce you to someone from our community that has accomplished something pretty cool. As a family, Bob and Kelly have built a million-dollar business on Amazon and come to find out another million dollars on other platforms like eBay and Craigslist. So a $2 million business, they've got their kids working with them and for them. It's such a cool call. But I just wanted to put this little note at the beginning and let you know, if you are ready to get serious about building an online business like you're about to hear Kelly and Bob have done in our community, the best thing for you to do is spend $5 on the book, Silent Sales Machine. It's a bestseller on Amazon right now. It's Yes, I wrote it, but it's not my book. I consider it our community's book because the stories of success from our community are packed inside that brand new book. The five-star reviews are rolling in. The book is ranked number one as I record this and has been for several weeks in multiple categories for the Kindle. You can get a print copy. You can download it and read it on any device. You don't need a Kindle to read a Kindle book, guys. SilentSalesMachine.com. That's where you go. That's what this podcast is named after. Or if you're ready to get serious about Amazon, which is what Bob and Kelly have done, check out ProvenAmazonCourse.com. ProvenAmazonCourse, the number one selling more testimonials than anyone. We've got over a thousand people who've succeeded using the strategies that we teach in that course Guys, we're so proud of that course. And in 2018, incredible improvements are coming. We've got so much planned. Buy it now before the price goes up later in 2018 as we add in all kinds of new user experiences. Let's just say that, where we really walk you through and step you through some of the processes we teach in a more methodical fashion. But it's a great investment once you buy it one time. You never have to buy anything else from us again, because all of our Amazon content goes right into that course. It's a great investment, but enough commercial time. Let's jump over and meet today's guest. I've got her on the line here in just a moment. You're going to love today's call, especially if you have a vision of growing a business with your family. This was such a cool call. You're going to like this one. Hey, welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. It's your host, Jim, and I've got a cool guest with us today. This is Someone from our community that left a very interesting post in our Facebook community and said, hey, we just had a million dollar year as a family selling on Amazon. And it was such a cool post. It just took off in all these comments. And you know what? I'll stick it in the show notes today so you can jump over and see it because it was just a few weeks ago, right before Christmas, actually, as I'm recording this, we're in January now of 2018. So it's just before Christmas, 2017. And I've got with me the lady who made the post, her and her husband, this is Kelly and Bob Shamber. They're members of the My Silent Team Facebook community, which again, I'll stick a link at silentgym.com. I'll stick a link to our free Facebook group and you can go see this conversation. But she said, hey, we just had a million dollar year and everyone jumped in and congratulated her and a great conversation started. So I said, hey, Kelly, how about one of you guys jump on a podcast with me and let's talk about how your family did this. So welcome to the show, Kelly. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Oh, it's my pleasure. Just so many great people in this community. I feel like I could do this about 10 times a day and just try to get to know all these great people doing all these great things. Your name had never come across my radar before until that post. And it, like I said, it just lit up. So why don't you talk us through uh, the 2017 experience that you guys had, because that was your best year yet, right? And you've been doing this for some time. So just tell us a little bit of your story. And then something else I want to do for folks is just give them some, maybe some tips 
especially for the new people, because you guys are mostly retail arbitrage still, right? Here we are in 2018 and you guys are still killing it just doing retail arbitrage primarily. So tell us your story, fill us in, and we'll give some tips to the listeners too today. Sound good? Sounds great. We started in 2007 and we have come really close to hitting a million dollars a few times. So our goal this year at the beginning of the year was we're going to hit a million dollars. We want to hit a million dollars. We're going to do what we can to make that happen this year. And we were able to do that in December just on Amazon. We've added in many other sites this year. So we actually almost had a $2 million year. So it was really exciting between all of our avenues. But uh, yeah, Amazon alone, we were able to break a million dollars in December. And uh, we've just worked really hard. We we are a family-based business. I have one of our daughters and my son works for us full-time and me and my husband. And yeah, we do mainly retail arbitrage. It was funny. I was looking at my silent team. I think just two days ago, I saw somebody post retail arbitrage really is dead. <laughs> I was laughing. Yeah. I saw that post too. I was like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Not entirely. You really have to adapt. I mean, over sure. the last years when we started, there was everywhere we went. I mean, everywhere there was so much that we couldn't even list it all. And really it was an issue back then. And I didn't have enough money to spend to keep up with, you know, everything that we wanted to buy. And now it's a lot harder to find things, I will agree, but it's still out there. It really is. And it's, you know, there's still stuff at Walmart now and then occasionally, you know, at the big stores that are everywhere. I encourage people to try local stores, to try, I mean, pharmacies. We've literally picked up something at a grocery store before. (laughs) I mean, so it's, it became a habit with us everywhere we went. We just look for stuff. When we travel now, I bought stuff in Hawaii that we've sold. It's just, you know, you always look, you're always on the prowl. <laughs> yeah. The, the opportunity is always there. Well, I'm, I'm getting a list of questions going. We didn't talk a whole lot. We've never talked except a couple minutes before we went live here today uh, to right. record this podcast. So as you're telling your story, I hope I can kind of interrupt and ask a few little questions. But one of the things that, that just popped in my head was, okay, so you did a million dollars. I want to make sure we clarify for people that's not profit. That was total sales on Amazon. And I didn't know you did a million off Amazon as well. So I want to hear as much as you can tell us about that. You've got your own websites. You're selling on eBay too, it sounds like, if I remember. Fill in some of those gaps. What's your profit margin? Where else are you selling? And what are you selling as much as you can tell us? And if you have a couple of websites where you sell your products, hey, why not get some free exposure? Tell us about them. We can send some people and buy some stuff if you want. It's up to you entirely. So we actually don't have our own website. We do sell on the marketplaces. eBay was one that, eBay is where we started 10 years ago. And we really drifted off to it where we were hardly doing anything on eBay. I would say it was two to 3% of our sales. And I just uh, printed our uh, 1099 from there. And we did 477,000 on eBay last year. So we've really learned what sells on each site is really unique. Definitely what we're selling on eBay is totally different than what we sell on Amazon. Some of the products like old books, believe it or not, Amazon, you always think of as books, but a really unique rare book will actually sell better on eBay with better pictures than it will on Amazon. Nice. You do auctions then like start it at a dollar and see what it goes for. We have done auctions. We do a lot of fixed price. We do a lot of our own research. We find it's a little better to do fixed price, but we do still occasionally do an auction and it's really exciting near the end, especially if it goes up. And then sometimes we've had auctions that don't go anywhere. So sure. <laughs> you know, 
It's learning. Um, we also added in Walmart this year and we added in Amazon UK and Amazon Canada. So we've added in some different aspects of our business and we're looking at some other sites as well. So yeah, just like I said, everything. And it's really learning to adapt your business and what sells on which site. So give me some tips if you don't mind, Kelly, on what sells on eBay versus Amazon? I know how I would kind of answer that question. I'm curious what you would say. Like if your friend came along, it's like, okay, just give me some general pointers. Like what should I be looking for that's going to do well on eBay? And we've got some great resources along those lines as well, but I'm curious what you would say, how you'd answer that. Rare items, collectible items are going to be your best bet on Amazon. I mean, on eBay as opposed to Amazon, always. I mean, if you have something that's really unique, very hard to find, Number one, people looking on Amazon aren't looking for that. The customers aren't. Look at your clientele base too, because on Amazon, you have pre-done you know, descriptions, pre-done pictures on most everything. I mean, you can definitely add stuff in and we've created stuff like I'm sure a lot of people on my silent team have, but eBay is that unique site. It's that one of a kind antique collectible, like I said, even books, because you always think a book's going to sell better on Amazon than it will on eBay. And that's absolutely not true if you have that unique collectible item. So that's when you would go to eBay with that. And then big items like Craigslist, I picked up a loom for, I don't even know anything about it. And this is sad, a knitting loom that we picked up and it's huge. And I'm like, I don't want to ship that anywhere. So we put it up on Craigslist. I paid $30 for it and I sold it for a thousand dollars and I sold it within 24 hours. So, I mean, Craigslist is still usable as well. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. So you just got to have that, you know, always be looking, I call it lifestyle sourcing. Anytime I'm out, my radar's always up for opportunity and relationships. And I'd I'd love to hear how relationships have played into this too. I imagine you guys have built some good local relationships with some of your sources. I'd love to hear that. I'd also love to hear, before we move off the topic of eBay, which doesn't come up a lot on this podcast, but man, eBay's still rocking. You guys did, if I'm doing the math right, about, you know, well over 25, 30% of all of your business was eBay last year. Correct. And so 2 million, you're doing $2 million in sales and almost a quarter million or half million of that, I'm sorry, was eBay. That's great. There's not a lot of people with those kind of numbers. So I do want to hear a little more, like, give me a couple specific. I love the loom example. Where'd you find that? And give me a couple more eBay examples and maybe some even local sales flips. Like, have you guys used Facebook marketplace? It's completely free and you can throw anything up there. And and yeah, I mean, I've had people look at eight, 900 people look at the simplest of items that I throw out there. Uh, and they sell fast. So sometimes we want to get all fancy with our Amazon business, but there's some real low-hanging fruit locally. Talk about some of those topics. I threw a kind of a random mix of questions at you there, but you know what pops out at you? I'll try to answer all of them here. The loom we actually bought at a thrift store and I had it it did take us probably a couple hours. I had to test it, make sure everything worked and I never used one. So you had to you know, test a loom. That. <laughs> That's great. So I'm like, what is this? And called somebody who knew what it was and how to do it. You know, because you don't want to just sell stuff and, and have a return, especially if you're shipping it. But uh, that item, I wanted to make sure that worked and stuff because we were selling it at such a high price. Around here, let's see, a couple examples. Let's see, we bought a bunch of DVDs. And, you know, sometimes 
a lot of them are sellable online, but some aren't, and they're the more popular titles. So we actually opened up the front area of our office for a little while and sold some of the overstock on the DVDs that weren't sellable online for a good amount. And we sold tons of them out the front, you know, for like $3 a piece. And people just came in and bought boxes and boxes of them. So this is from your house. Like, is this like your garage office or you have a warehouse? Yeah, we have a little warehouse now. We've had it for like three years. So it does allow us to do some stuff like that. But that's the only time that we've really sold anything that wasn't on a website, but we did do that through Facebook ads. That's what made me think of that. Ah, cool. Okay. So you did any Facebook ad tips. I mean, you just basically take some pictures and say, Hey, yeah, throw this out to people who live near me. You get into some of the local, what are they called? Um, garage sale groups and that sort of thing, right? You just post it out there. It's free. Yes. I posted it for free. And then I did do a paid ad through Facebook ads as well. And I want to say I spent, this was uh, like a year ago. I want to say I spent like $50 and uh, it was well worth it. We got we got a really good return on our investment there because, like I said, people came in and were just buying literally like 200 movies at a time. So you ran a local paid ad and said, I want to target people in my region. And you said, hey, we got a bunch of CDs for sale. Come on by. Exactly. And we did. And people, like I said, just loved it. And we got rid of stuff that literally would have ended up being recycled because it was stuff that, you know, was no, under our price point for selling online, you know, penny items and stuff and really popular movies. They just don't have a markup online. So it was great. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Great examples. Okay. The other thing I mixed in there was relationships. Have you built relationships locally that kind of give you an advantage in your sourcing? You know, I think that that's really important. And I learned that, you know, a lot of you, we still do use books. That's where we started at was use books. And, you know, the library sales are a good example. And there's always signs up, you know, be friendly. One thing that my husband and my family have always established is it's important to have a relationship with everybody because these are people you see literally every three months at the library sale. Or if we go out and we do thrift shopping, you know, these are people that we see on a regular basis. And it was funny because I, when I posted that on uh, my silent team, my ad about that we had hit the million dollars this year, one of my local competitors was one of the people that actually commented. So, and he stops in. Sometimes we give him some of our overstock and um, we share different things that we don't want to sell with him. And uh, we've established a relationship because, you know, it's a, you don't want that animosity when you're out there. And, and it does create a better environment for all people. And there are some books that we buy from other people that they don't want to mess with because of ranks or something. And we've established that relationship with several different local sellers here. Oh, that's cool. I love it. So you're establishing relationships even with competitors, which is cool. Right. I'm talking about like also relationships with store managers, that sort of thing. You have any kind of like an inside scoop on inventory that way? And how have you built those relationships? If you have them, I hadn't even yes. prepped you for these questions. I'm just assuming you have because you're really doing well. Yes, absolutely. And Q4, you know, is always so much larger. It's funny because some of the stores, you know, we only go into really in Q4 when we're when we're doing the items that are the fast sellers and stuff for the holiday season. And they remember us as soon as we walk in the door, not only the managers, but the employees too. And it's how we treat them and our family treats them when we go in. We're always respectful. I never try to, you know, I mean, we pay for everything. We don't finagle, you know, we'll finagle prices some, but we're never disrespectful in any way. And I think that's really important because building those relationships 
Like I said, when I walk in the door, like in October, the beginning of October, hey, I'm getting ready for Q4. You know, the manager will be like, hey, I have a bunch of stuff I've been looking at for you. And you know, so it is very helpful to establish those relationships and, and stay in contact. You know, we could stop in at least a couple of times a year and say hi to them. You know, we're not there to purchase a lot or anything, but we always do keep those relationships throughout the entire year. And in Q4, it really pays off to have those. Beautiful. That's awesome. Well, keep keep sharing your story. So I think some people will be interested in the family aspect of this. As you mentioned, your kids are involved. You know, what are their ages? How long, you know, if you've been doing this since you said, what, 2007, you've been selling online, yeah. right? So yeah. 10 years. So your kids are 10 years older than they were when you started. So what's that journey been like for them and what are their roles now? It, you know, when we first started, our kids always said, you know, mom, when are you going to go back to a real job? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I still get that 15 years uh, later. <laughs> and now they don't say that at least a couple of them because they work for us and their paycheck comes from us. That's so. awesome. I love it. So you've hired your kids. It's beautiful. So how many kids total? You have two working for you. We have six children and we just had our eighth grandchild in December. So yeah, yeah. a Christmas baby. That's right. Right. Uh, right about the time you were making that post. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Right. And that's the nice thing about our business is, is having a family and that flexibility, you know, that's our busiest month of the year always. And it was a week before Christmas and my daughter's having a baby and you know, that was the priority that became the priority. And my business, because of the way that we've established it and set it up, it ran itself for that time so that we were able to be there with her. And, you know, she's been able to take off a few weeks. The The daughter that had the baby is actually our office manager and she takes care of everything. She's my right hand. Um, I'm hoping to retire someday soon because right. she does an excellent job. And literally because of the way that it you know, being online and establishing, you know, everything that has to be done. Our shipping obviously had to continue throughout the day, but we were able to set that up so that we were all able to be there when she had the baby and uh, the whole family. So it was really nice and to be around for that time after and during Christmas and the new year. So. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I know there's a lot of families that listen to this show. I know there's even some parents that homeschool and they require their kids to listen to the show. I kind of feel sorry for those kids having to listen to me talk all the time, but I just love encouraging families because the opportunity is there for us to build something special as a family using the internet creatively. I want to hear, are there any other sales channels that you guys are into? We mentioned eBay, Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, of course, Amazon. I want to get some Amazon tips if you've got some or sourcing tips for we promised those at the beginning like what kind of things are you guys looking for you don't have to give away your secret sauce but <laughs> i do want some tips for folks uh, but where else does your mind go you know as you think about the uh, the community and the my silent team group i mean you're in there you know these folks how else can we encourage them and equip them so there's some more new meat for you to to, to chew on there what do you think <laughs> that's quite a bit as far as sourcing you know, we have sold everything from baby items to uh, used books. There's really not a category that we haven't hit in the 10 years. We've tested everything. You know, nowadays with the app and everything, I'm sure most people are aware of the Amazon seller app. You can literally scan anything and see how many people have it up. You know, what's it going for? All of that information is so vital. The rank is, you know, critical to know. All of that is literally at your fingertips. So, 
Don't be afraid to scan anything. And, and, you know, we still go to garage sales or something once in a while. If I'm out with my husband and I'll scan someone's garage sale and somebody's asking me what I'm doing and I'll just tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm looking for stuff for my business and, you know, don't lie about it. Don't hide it. Don't try to be, you know, covert. Usually people are excited. They're like, oh, that's so cool. You know, how long have you been doing that? And I've never had anybody really be rude to me about it. You know, as long as they're telling, telling the truth and just, you know, be out there, but don't be afraid to try any product. That's what we've always stuck with. We, we aren't afraid to try any product. So toys, as everybody knows, are a great seller for Q4. We've done in the summertime, we've done sprinklers, you know, it's definitely, you need to go based on the season does help a lot, but don't be afraid to try anything. There's so many things out there and somebody's looking for something all the time. I've got a couple observations I want to make for the listeners here that I think might help them. I love that you said when you're at a yard sale or even when you're out retail, there's no need to be secretive about what you're doing. And I've got a cool story. This was something that was posted in the My Silent Team Facebook group. It's been a few months back, but someone said, thanks to the encouragement that they hear on this show and in our community about be honest. You don't need to hide what you're doing. Be proud of it and share openly what you're doing. They were at a yard sale and the the lady who had, was hosting the sale had several toys laid out, several of them in really good new condition. And they scanned and got, got back some great results. Like, wow, this stuff is really going to do well for us on Amazon. Like, so they said, hey, can we buy all of this? And she said, sure. And then she said, why are you buying it all? Right. And that was the decision point where they could have said, oh, well, we have a really big family and, you know, we're going to do, this is our Christmas. You know, I mean, they could have made up a story and we always encourage, no, be honest, say, Hey, we sell online. We're looking for profitable inventory. And they, that's what they said. They said they were honest. And then the response back from the lady was, Oh really? Well, I've got a bunch of this stuff. I'm a toy rep. I get samples constantly. Do you guys just want to make an agreement and just buy from me? Because I got tons of this stuff, right? So people love helping you with your business. You know, that, that was the lesson they learned. And had they been deceptive, they never would have had that opportunity fall in their lap had they tried to, you know, cover up what they were really doing. Uh, don't be afraid to create competitors. There's plenty of opportunity out there for success. One of the big lessons, I wrote an article on this, oh, it's probably three years ago. You know, we always hear retail arbitrage is dead. It's going away. They've been saying that for like 12 years. I remember on eBay back in 2009, 2010, eBay Live, everyone's saying, well, it's not going to be very long before there's no deals to be found on the retail shelves that you can flip online. It's just, it's going to be over soon. No, that's not the way supply and demand works. Retail arbitrage, online arbitrage is never going away. The rules on Amazon might fluctuate a little bit here and there, but you did a half a million dollars almost on eBay last year. I mean, there's other ways to make a profit here. Lots of other things going on. So that that was the main point I wanted to, to throw out there was, just be straightforward. Yeah. You know, when you're talking, people say, hey, what are you doing? What are you up to there? Um, they see you scanning, tell them, hey, it's a free Amazon seller app. It's a great business opportunity. Fill them in. You can you can become an affiliate for one of our products. Say, hey, you know, there's this great free Facebook group. I'll shoot you a link. What's your email? And you can tag them as a prospect <laughs> through our affiliate program. I'll have to stick a link to that in the show notes today at silentgym.com. But you can sign up. And if you tell others about how to get started selling online, if they happen to buy a course from us or buy uh, coaching or whatever, you get a commission for that. So spread the word proudly about what you do. I love that. Yeah. So what else, Kelly? What what other tips or lessons might you have for um, the people in our community today? Let, you know, let's think about some of the new people maybe who are wondering, is this, is this really viable? Is this something that 
you can really replace my income. You know, just encourage them a little bit maybe and talk to them a little bit or share any more tips you have in mind. Yeah, it is very viable. And I did want to comment one more on uh, when you were talking about when people are asking what you're doing. We were at a local store uh, in the Pacific Northwest and we had about 10 shopping carts. It was me and my husband were trying to pull them up all up to the front. Yeah. And the manager came over and this was not a store we usually shopped at. It was kind of out of our area and stuff. And so we didn't know him. And he said, oh, I'd really like to give you guys like a 10% discount. I know you're doing this for charity. And my husband looked at him and he's like, this isn't for charity. We have our own business and stuff and all of this. And he goes, you know what? You were honest with me. I really like you guys. I'm still going to give you the 10% discount. So, I love it. <laughs> off of our whole purchase and, and these 10 shopping carts that we were going to make money on anyway. So it was great. So always be honest. And, and you know, just I would really encourage that. Retail arbitrage dead. No way. I mean, like I said, I still find stuff even at the pharmacy. I was at the pharmacy picking up a prescription for my granddaughter and I found something while I was standing there waiting for the prescription to be filled. I mean, literally every kind of store, you'd be surprised at what you can find. I mean, there's even little toys at pharmacies. There's a lot of different products besides just, you know, medicines. So if you're not approved, I know a lot of people, we've been very fortunate because we were, have been on for so long that we were grandfathered into so many categories that I know a lot of people aren't in. Uh, I would say, don't be discouraged. And, you know, we've learned a lot of mistake from mistakes too. I can tell you our largest mistake and, and just share that with you. Sure. We have sold, you know, DVDs, like I said, for a really long time. We got the notification, was it three years ago that they were going to grandfather us in but anything over $25 MSRP, we had to get pre-approved in. Well, I had tried it several things and it kept saying I was still approved. And it was Q4, which is our busiest season of the year. So I was like, you know, I kind of put it aside. And then we were not approved in the DVDs over $25. And getting approved in January after it had gone through the thing became literally impossible. So I told you that this is a benefit of establishing relationships with other people. The the gentleman that commented on my co post earlier, he's the one that we sell our DVDs over $25 MSRP to now. So um, yeah. if you're not us. approved, find somebody who is, there you go. So, and we him and he makes a great profit and we make some profit on it. Definitely not as much as we used to, but it was a valuable lesson to really pay attention to those. I mean, even as a big seller, we still make mistakes too. That was something, like I said, that we kind of blew off or misunderstood that we weren't going to be approved in it because it said we were grandfathered in and we are on the ones under $25 MSRP, but that was a really valuable lesson. And we've spent thousands of dollars trying to get approved in, in it. And, uh, to no avail. <laughs> so. Yeah. There, there's some categories that are tricky to get approved in, but yes. the, the vast yes. majority of categories you're already approved in from day one, but there are some that are tricky. And Amazon's actually been recently, I'm hearing about people getting approved in all kinds of stuff that used yeah. to be hard. So, you know, they're, they're opening up the floodgates. This yes. it's just ramping up into a fact that I love sharing Kelly. You've probably heard me share it at some point, but I love dropping it. I've probably on this podcast, we've got over 100 episodes. I would guess that I've shared this probably 10 or 15 times at least. But as of right now, early 2018, if you looked at all the retail shopping occurring in the United States, online and offline, the online total pales in comparison to the overall retail spending that's happening, meaning around 10% of shopping is done online, about 90% or more is done Traditionally, offline, meaning this mega trend is just beginning. So people who, who claim anything is dead when it comes to selling online, 
they don't know what they're talking about. This stuff is in its infancy. We are pioneers in covered wagons heading west. You know, we're on the East Coast and we're about three miles in heading for California, man. I mean, that's the image I have in my head. It's like, this is the Wild West. No one knows what they're doing yet. Opportunity everywhere. And some of us are doing really, really well, but we don't know what this is going to look like. But what we do know is online is trending bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's only going to continue. It's not just about Amazon. Although we have a lot of people doing really well there. I love that you guys have got multiple streams going. So kudos to you. And honestly, Jim, too, what what you're talking about there with, you know, we're the pioneers and, and it's the beginning. And that's absolutely true. And I just encourage everybody. The biggest thing I've learned is adapt. You know, I could have been discouraged and, you know, kicked myself for years and years after the mistake I made on that one. But I adapted. I found somebody else to purchase that and we grew other parts of our business it's always changing. It's always changing. Look at video rental stores. They were huge 15, 20 years ago. And how many of them are out there now? You know, make sure that you adapt and change with things that are adapting online. Online will always be here. It's, I think it's going to be how we're going to order all of our groceries. I mean, definitely don't, don't be caught staying stagnant in the one thing, you know, adapt, open your multiple streams, do different products, always change. I love it. And something I would encourage you to do if you haven't done it recently, Kelly, and this is for anybody who's sold a lot of, you know, a handful of a bunch of different items from time to time, you really need to go back in and run the report in Amazon in seller central, the the report that shows you the number of sessions, the number of views that your products are getting. And this is how we discovered the laser tag that we've now sold. I mean, we sold eight figures of this thing into the fourth quarter of just December alone, we sold millions because we went in and we noticed, wow, that's a really hot keyword. A lot of people are going in and looking for that type of product. If it's not a name brand driven product, you know, if they're not going in and typing the name brand Nike or, you know, whatever the name brand happens to be, but if they're just typing in a generic, like we, we noticed, uh, I think it was drawing pencils or something like that. I can't remember the exact term, but we noticed, you know, there's opportunities for you to private label and get your own product introduced to the market with keywords that are being used and searched for a lot. But you can go in and run that report on all the items you've sold and Amazon tells you how many people are looking at it. Do you ever do that? You know, that's something that my daughter does and she, she is really good at stuff like that. And we do want to go into private labels. So you know, be looking for a $5 million year here. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, that's how you get, because then you get to grow your own audience and that's a whole nother level of security when you've got a community of people who are waiting to hear from you. It's the most valuable asset you can have. You've heard me say that before. And one of the things, unfortunately with Amazon is you never really have your own audience. You've got Amazon's audience, but if you can grow your own audience, then you can send them to Amazon or you can send them to Shopify, your own website. You can send them wherever you want. And you can run specials and uh, it's a a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I would think that would be the next level of progression for you guys. If I was just spending a couple minutes coaching you is, yeah, get, get a product that you own that's yours and start diving into private label a little bit. And it doesn't have to be scary. We cover that pretty thoroughly in our proven Amazon course. Actually, the simple way to get into proven, to get into private label products without having to go buy a thousand units of something, stepping your way into it nice and slow, but Man, this has been a fun call. It's cool getting to know you, Kelly. You got any other tips? I know one thing that you had shared before we started recording was kind of the rule of thumb that you guys use when you're outsourcing. I think that might be valuable. What do you guys 
uses it like, you know, yes or no kind of switch when you're looking at a product? How do you know if it's something you're going to try to flip on Amazon or not, for example? Yes. We always pay attention to rank. There's different ways, you know, different categories and stuff. We like to be in the top 1% to the top 3% really on a rank. But also as far as price goes, we don't pick up anything unless we can do at least double plus shipping. That's that's a quick way to look at it so you don't have to run a bunch of numbers and do your you know ROI while you're out there is literally, is it double plus shipping? And then obviously if it's a larger item, uh, we would even go up a little bit more because you're going to be charged oversize on that. So and I don't like to get anything under $35 typically. So, uh, because of fees and everything that that rakes up so much, but I, if something's $20, I won't look at it unless I can get about 48 for it. So that's where I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at that, that double the price. So it would be $40 would be double. And then add it, you know, what I think the shipping would be around eight. And so I would pick that up if it's showing at 48, when I scan it, a $20 item. Gotcha. That's a great rule of thumb. I love it. And so on, on, on a larger item, if it was, uh, you know, I can find larger items for 20 bucks, but let's say $200, a larger item, 200, and it's going to be heavier, like it's a 30 pound item or something. What rule of thumb do you have there, if any? Again, I'd probably, I don't know that I'd have to add a lot for weight because you're going to also compensate a little bit on that because you're getting 200 extra dollars. So if it was around 420 Probably if it was heavier, I would look right at that and say, yeah, I'd pick that up. And actually, if it was closer to 400, I even might pick up a few. Gotcha. Yeah. So at least double your money, which is good because one of the rules of thumb you hear float around sometimes is, okay, you want to 3X whatever it is. If you can't 3X it, if it says $10 on the price tag, if it's not selling for 30 on Amazon, move on. Well, no, there's, there's some wiggle room there. 20 you know, it it doesn't, if it's a $20 item, doesn't have to be 60 on Amazon. You can still make some money. Like you said, at 48. Yeah, yeah. You just got to know, got to know your numbers, got to know your shipping. Yeah. That's a great tip. Great tip. Do you guys use anyone else besides family members to source for you? Have you ever had any success with that? We absolutely do. Especially at Christmas time, we pay people to shop for us. It's mainly family, friends, and I will pay them for the day, especially Black Friday, which has become really Thanksgiving day now in a lot of stores. But we pay people a set amount and I give them a list because I've gone through the ads and I know what I want. And they go in and they get this, 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 you know, how many, however many they can of each of these items. And I pay them to do that. Very good. You just pay them hourly or they get a percent of what they find. How do you work that? We pay them, you know, a set amount and it's usually a good chunk. They're always really happy with it. They always come back. We always have the same people next year. So I just said, I just pick a set amount, you know, it's usually just a couple hours of work and I'll say, you know, I'll give you a hundred dollars. It's going to be two hours. I need you to go get everything you can on here. And like I said, they love it and it's really easy. <laughs> so I love it. So you don't get complicated, like percent of profit and all these like, Hey, I'll give no. you a hundred bucks. Go get me everything on this list as much as you can go spend a couple hours hitting the stores. Yeah. Keep it simple. Why not? Right. Yeah. So, and like I said, they always come back. We've never had somebody who didn't want to come back the next year. So really simple and really easy. And it's a lot of fun, actually, Some, especially that my kids' friends, the younger ones, the teenagers, they just love to go out and fight the crowds for a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> sure. They'll get in line at four in the morning <laughs> for you. Right. <laughs> they will. Uh, they will. It's beautiful. So, yeah. Well, Hey, this, this has been a lot of fun. I w- tell Bob, thank you for for loaning us to you for, for oh, what have been a little over half an hour now, Kelly, this was really time well spent. I think it's going to encourage a lot of people. I like just kind of keeping it simple from time to time. Like this doesn't have to be complicated guys. You do need to learn the basics of selling online. 
You know, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve, but at the end of the day, buying stuff that's selling for a lot more money online and has high demand, it's just not a complicated business model, guys. And that's been how a lot of people have started. And you guys kind of just stayed right there and built a $2 million business that supports your family. I love it. Six kids, two of them working with you now, grandbabies coming along. Just such a cool story. So God bless you guys, man. This is time really well spent. Anything you want to tell the uh, listeners before we cut out? I just really appreciate your time. And yeah, I mean, stick to it. That's all. Stick to it and adapt. Anything yeah. You can accomplish anything online right now. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you've got to be willing to adapt. You've got to be embrace change, embrace those challenges. And that's one of the beautiful parts of our free Facebook community is pretty much any challenge you run into, there's going to be a good handful of solutions right there. It doesn't cost you anything. Just jump in there and talk to the good people who are in that community. Good people like Kelly jumping in there, sharing her story, sharing their success and helping you through any challenges that you encounter. So, hey, thanks for listening today. Those of you who invested a valuable half hour of your time, I hope you were encouraged, inspired, motivated. That's why we do what we do here. And thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I'm going to sign off right now. God bless you, business building warrior. We will talk to you again real soon. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.